Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to All Starts Aren't We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Adam Elliott and I'm today joined by Tom Hostikundel. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, cheers. Uh, I've just uh, had a week in Toronto, which is why I've been off and not on the pod for a while. Uh, yeah, so it's good, it's good to be back. Are you doing the marathon? One of my mates was. Uh, no, I, I was there releasing a um, product, releasing a doorbell, home security smart doorbell for the company I work for over there. In all honesty, it sounds a hell of a lot more productive than what he did, you know. Oh, I mean, he did a marathon in under three hours. That's that's rubbish, that. <laughs> I mean, some guy just did it in two hours in Chicago, so, you know. Yeah, I'll make sure he listens to this now and I'm, I'm going to give him that um, that bit of banter back. But yeah, um, what did you have for tea, just quickly? Not had tea. Um, yeah, I've uh, I finished work late today, and then my uh, <clears throat> putting on my best uh, Dom Carter impression there. You'll all get it later. Um, and then yeah, my dog decided that he was going to be stubborn and stop in the middle of the road. And every time I tried to turn a corner on the walk back, that was taking him. So I got in around ten minutes ago, and yeah, I've not managed to eat yet. What about that's, you? That's rough. That's that sounds like a very much a, a Martin type ordeal um, where he decides to eat at like half nine, ten o'clock after one of these. Hopefully, you get it sorted straight after. I had a lovely like peri peri chicken um, with some like spicy couscous, and it was really nice and some mixed veg. It was good. Nice. Um, I had a bit more time today, so that was that was pretty good. But I've also had dog issues today because mine scratched me down my arm. He's not oh. aggressive, I promise. He's just he just decides sometimes he's he's when he's playing playful, puts his paws upon you, and they're really really sharp. Yeah, that that happens usually around about my legs. Yeah, yeah usually it's my legs as well. But this is definitely the worst he's caught me. It's because I was sat next to him on the couch. I shouldn't let him do that. But anyway, um, we're here today to. Of course, discuss the Huddersfield game this weekend, uh, who we play on Saturday. And Hosty spoke to Huddersfield Town fan Dom Carter to discuss the upcoming West Yorkshire derby. Hello. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Huddersfield Town fan Dominic Carter. How are you, Dom? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Uh, just sporting a bit of a cold at the minute, so I did lose my voice over the weekend. So apologies in advance for, uh, for any croakiness. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, to be fair, uh, Dominic messaged me uh, yesterday and earlier on today, and his voice is doing a lot, lot better. It was uh, very much peak Sean Dyche 
over the weekend. Um, so yeah, no, we're good. Good to have you on, and uh, yeah, like I said, good to hear your voice is in good nick. So yeah, let's first start with uh, where Huddersfield is a club at the moment. Last time we played each other was the final game with fans before the pandemic, all the way back in uh, 2020. And so yeah, if you could fill us in on how the past few years have been, that'd be great. Yeah, um, obviously a lot has changed. I think probably at both clubs since then. So I think that game was when Ailing took his hairband off and started playing the guitar, um, which seems a lot longer than three and a half years ago. Uh, at that point, I think we were still on our Premier League hangover. Um, and since then, we've gone through six managers. So we had Cowley at the time, and we ended up finishing 18th that season. Uh, Corbyn, uh, who you'll know quite well for the following two years, when we got 20th and then third and lost in the playoffs. Um, and then last season, we went through Danny Schofield, Mark Fotheringham, uh, and then ended the year with Neil Warnock. Obviously, Neil Warnock obviously started this season with us. And now we've, we've, we've got Darren Moore. Um, so it's been, it's been a bit of a struggle the last few years, I think, as a club, um, in terms of trying to get some form of identity and direction. Um, it's not just been managerial changes. We've also the club's changed ownership twice in that period. So we had Dean Hoyle as chairman, who then gave the majority of his shares to Phil Hodgkinson, uh, who was a fan. And then at the end of COVID, his businesses went into administration. Um, so Dean, then took those shares back and we were very close last season to going into admin um, until we got a takeover from uh, Kevin Nagel over in Sacramento. So it's been a, a lot of change both on and off the pitch uh, since then. Yeah, so moving more to recent times, how have things been going this season with Huddersfield and how has the summer looked two months on and how, how is Darren Moore doing? Yeah, so it's been a, a bit of a whirlwind of a season. Obviously, we started the season again with Neil Warnock um, after somehow managing to stay up last year. The game for this season was from to be in post until we'd identified a long-term managerial target, um, which we expected to be, if not at the end of the season, at least next calendar year. Summer transfer window was pretty much non-existent. So whilst we didn't lose too many players, I think the only player of note we lost was Etienne Kamara, um, who was a breakthrough player. It was more a case of not being able to retain some of the loan signings we had, such as Joe Humber. We've not really brought anyone in. We've brought in Ben Wiles recently um, for a fee from Rotheringham. But apart from that, I guess the fact that our left-back, Josh Ruffles, left the club and then we re-signed him a week later and announced him as a new signing probably sums up uh, the window. Um, so yeah, very little transfer activity. We have had a loan signing in Bergsorg as well. Um, and I think Darren Moore's come into quite a tough situation. There were rumours of fallouts between Warnock and the board, and that's why it's happened earlier than anticipated. Um, because Moore was obviously been available since the summer anyway. And yeah, he, he, he's coming to the club. Warnock last season, our strengths with him was probably our structure um, off the ball. Um, and then when we did get the ball counter-attacking, um, but Warnock actually changed that up a bit this season, uh, which was very surprising. So last season we set up in sort of a 4-2-3-1 and a 4-4-2, which was very functional. But this year Warnock experimented with a very, very extreme man-to-man press, um, which in some games saw us get absolutely dragged about and manipulated. Uh, Norwich is a good example. When we lost 4-1 at home, 
could have easily been six or seven. And then towards the end of his time here this year, Warnock has sort of reverted back to a bit of structure. Um, and then Darren Moore's come in and looked to give us a bit more of a structured approach, which I think is what we expected as a fan base going from what Sheffield Wednesday fans had, had said. Yeah, and so with that in mind, what what are your expectations for the rest of the season? Um, I think, for me personally, it's, it's probably lots of different opinions across the fan base, but staying in the division, uh, really, which, to be honest, I think we will do. I don't think we're going to get dragged into a relegation fight when we look at some of the teams in there. Darren Moore's been announced as a, as, as a long-term appointment. Kevin Nagel's, our chairman's come out and said, you know, it's part of a five-year plan to return to the Premier League, which seems very ambitious. But yeah, it's it's our squad isn't a squad that's going to be fixed in one or two windows. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be a good couple of summers. Um, so I'm hoping we'll give Darren Moore the time to do that. But yeah, be absolutely delighted with, you know, mid-table this season, as long as we're not in a, any form of dogfight come the end. Yeah, and I guess it's worth noting before we go any further that we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, you've got uh, Cardiff tomorrow, I believe, and then on Tuesday night, and then we've got Stoke on Wednesday night. So before we start thinking about uh, who will be available, which is obviously a bit later on, but yeah, just worth noting that we're only talking on Monday. So yeah. You mentioned Darren Moore and how he's kind of, aside from Sheffield Wednesday fans, what you heard. And Leeds, we faced him twice when he was at West Brom in that 18-19 season when Leeds ultimately got knocked out in the playoffs by Derby. And so, but his West Brom team always seemed quite attacking at that point. Uh, but I don't know whether that was due to personnel from recently relegated Premier League sort of thing. So what what can we expect from Darren Moore's Huddersfield Town? Yeah, definitely quite a, a structured approach as I, as I touched upon. Um, so we look to have settled on a 3-5-2 formation for the last few games. Um, so that's how we set up against QPR, uh, which was actually our first win under Darren Moore um, on Saturday. I think in a, in a lot of the games over the 90 minutes, we don't have a lot of possession. We don't particularly look to press um, beyond the first press when the ball's in the opposition's own third. After that, as soon as you start coming towards the halfway line, we will revert to quite a low block. Darren Moore seems to have set us up in that in that way in terms to we're more than happy to invite crosses into the box when we have the likes of Matty Pearson, Tom Lees and Michael Hellick um, as aerial presence in the box. And we're also quite happy to give away opportunities on the edge of the box as well, um, which is always quite nerve-wracking. Under Warnock, we got hit on the counter a lot this year. Uh, whereas under Darren Moore, even though he's only been in for a few games now, uh, he's looked to minimise that. So, it's, so, yeah, quite a low block off the ball. Um, and then in terms of, of on the ball and goal scoring, um, so we're being quite direct, I would say. Um, so we're more than happy to play short and safe in our own half and recycle. Um, but a big part of our play is our wing back stretching, uh, stretching the width keeping the ball until we have a switch opportunity on and then overloading that flank, which I guess makes sense probably when you look at our stats when we've got, I think, the second worst pass completion rate in the division, second to Rotherham. So yeah, no, we, we look to be quite structured off the ball. We will look um, to attack on the transition. That is one of our, our, our danger points offensively, as well as set pieces as well. Yeah, and so with that change of counter-attack and... Um, the difference in build-up between Darren Moore and 
Neil Warnock. Do you feel that the results for both have reflected the performances so far this season? I think so, yeah. Um, I think if you look at each game, they've been quite Jekyll and Hyde in terms of there's only been two games this season where we've actually had an okay first half. Uh, the theme has been we've had absolutely terrible first halves and then the second halves have been vast improvements. Um, but when you look at, you know, the teams we've played, the results we've got in those games, I think we can be quite happy and content with the points that we've picked up. Um, we're probably quite unlucky in the Leicester game, if I'm being honest, when we lost that. But overall, yes, both from Warnock and Moore, I think it's probably quite a fair reflection where we are in the table. Yeah, and I think when I was taking a look, I noticed that even though it's your, it was only your first win under Moore against QPR, it, you've only lost once as well with him. Uh, a lot of draws, because it's been about six games now, I think, six, seven games. So that I think I guess that's the difference of that performance you get in the draws there, whereas Warnock's were five defeats and a win, two wins or something like that, yeah. So, yeah, you've already touched on kind of how Huddersfield tried to build up and how they defend off the ball. So I'll skip straight to who would you say are the players that are most important to the way Huddersfield play? If you say Tom Lees, I'll be shocked. Um, I totally forgot he was even at the club until you mentioned it just a couple of minutes ago. Or if we want to talk about it a different way of putting it, um, who is the most important player for you to get a result against Leeds? Um, I think probably, I'm going to have to go with two. I think Jack Bridoni for one. So in the way we'll set up, he will be in the middle of the park. Um, and so we signed him last season from Wimbledon. We're very high hopes for him. Only 21. Uh, struggled with consistency, which is understandable, and, and, and composure. Anyone would struggle coming into the environment we were in last season. But this year has been a real sort of breakthrough year for him in terms of, so he's top of our assists. Um, he scored on the weekend as well. Oh, no, sorry, he's our top goal scorer. He's not top of the assists. Um, he's our top goal scorer. And then also Delano Bergsorg who we have on loan. So he offers us something that we just don't have as a team without him um, in terms of wanting the ball all the time. And then once he does get the ball uh, in the half spaces uh, between the defenders and the fullbacks, he will instantly look to turn and run at the defence. And it's it's almost, um, it's like he's on ice skates. Um, I think sometimes he doesn't know exactly what he's going to do until he's done it. Um, but of course, the defenders don't know that either. Uh, so he's 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 brilliant. He's also frustrating, but he offers us a lot of flair, um, especially on the break. So Rodoni and Bergsorg definitely going to be going to be key to key for us on the weekend. And yeah, Leeds have kind of been looking to try and hold the ball a bit more under Daniel Farker, but we've found ourselves quite vulnerable on transition. So that was quite obvious against Norwich in the first half for sure. Uh, we were, we were exposed on the wings. Um, but with with that said, we're also we've also looked quite dangerous in transition ourselves on the counter attack. So with that in mind, how how do you expect this game to go? It really could go either way. I think obviously the transition seems to be um, our our strengths and weaknesses. I guess I guess to a degree. I think when Leeds will have settled possession, I think you will have huge amounts of possession during the game. You know, even at our home games, we've been looking at the low thirties. Um, and I think we will probably go into this with quite a cautious approach. And when teams do look to hold the ball in our half, as, he's, as, as I said, you know, we're, we're happy to do that. But we also struggle to get near teams uh, when they can keep possession of the ball. Um, and we're not perfect. You know, you will be able to break us down. 
QPR had sustained periods of pressure over us just because we were so happy to go so low and deep. Um, and they were able to break us down. Um, and we're probably quite unlucky to go away with, without any form of points. So I think you can punish us on the transition, uh, even though we will minimise the risks of that. Uh, but when you do have the ball, um, I think you will pick up a lot of the second balls from, you know, if you do look to cross the ball in the box, uh, we will be quite exposed on the edge of the box. So I think... I think it's definitely going to be tough from from Huddersfield's perspective. And I think it probably actually suits us more if we do go with a cautious approach. And I think we just need to take advantage of the counter-attacking opportunities that we do get. I'd probably say that's what Norwich did to us when they took those couple of chances um, at the weekend. But that's for other people to discuss, <laughs> not me at the moment. But And I'm throwing this one kind of at you here. With that, with everything you've kind of discussed there, what um because we ask this ourselves uh when we're talking when we're previewing leads from the lead side is there any players from the leads team that fear you who you think uh if they have a good game they're going to cause you problems or is there anyone who you're kind of like if they play we we've got a chance by exposing them i think i'm quite rude um somerville so i don't know if he's been regularly starting for you um but he's always looked dangerous i i, I think really any of your players with, with, with pace on the wings. I think, I think the worry for us and where we've come unstuck against different teams this season has been, um, when the likes of Matty Pearson and Tom Lees have been exposed because they're on the, um, either side of the back three. If they get exposed in those spaces, they're not the quickest. Um, and they will get dragged about. And also in terms of the strengths from, from your wings as well. And in terms of overloads in our three, five, two formation. We have Sorba Thomas as a wing back on one side, who isn't a wing back. He's had a lot more experience now playing as a wing back, but he is, you know, naturally a winger. And then our other option on the left hand side is for most of the season, we've had J- Jaheim Headley, an academy product, who is a natural wing back, um, but he's very raw. But last, well, on the game on, on, on Saturday against QPR, we actually had Josh Caroma at wing back, who is by all accounts an inside forward. And he's also right-footed. Um, so for me, it's going to be really interesting to see if he plays tomorrow in our game against Cardiff and, and ultimately who plays that role uh, against you on Saturday. Um, but I think our, if you look to overload our wide areas, I, I think that's where we'll struggle. Do you have any notable injuries or suspensions then? Obviously, like we said, you've, we've got the game against Cardiff tomorrow for you guys and we've got Stoke. Um but yeah, going into it, is there anyone maybe who's missing tomorrow and will be back for Saturday or yeah? Yeah. Uh, so in terms of injuries and suspensions as it stands before Tuesday, um, we've just got three long-term injuries. Uh, so neither, none of them will be playing on Saturday. One of them's Ollie Turton, our right back, Danny Ward, uh, one of our strikers, um, and also David Kasumu, uh, a box-to-box midfielder. Um, as well uh, and none of them have featured really for probably a good month or so so as it stands just three players yeah Danny Ward someone who always seems to pop up with a goal against Leeds so quite happy that he might miss out at the weekend and yeah so you're obviously gonna have to choose between who might be the winbacks here but uh, could you give your best guess at the lineup for Huddersfield Town? Yeah, uh, I think I'm quite confident in in 10 of the starting 11. It's just a wing-back one, as you say. So I think in, in goal will be Lee Nichols. 
the centre backs will be Tom Lees, Michael Hellick, and Matty Pearson. Uh, probably with Hellick in the centre. Then on the wing back spots, you'll have Sorba Thomas probably on the right, and then either Karoma or Headley on the left. Uh, and then in the midfield, we'll have Ben Wiles, uh, John Hogg, and Jack Ridoni. Uh, Hogg and Wiles will just let Ridoni do his thing. And then up, up front, we'll have, I imagine, Delano Bergsorg uh, and Keen Harrop up front as well. Um, who is, who is very, very lively and is, you know, again, an academy product, uh, and bagged on the weekend as well. So yeah, that's it. That's, that's how I'd imagine to line up in the 3 5 2. I'm also shocked that Jonathan Hogg is still around. Um, so we don't like to ask for score predictions or anything like that, but what I will ask is where do you think the game will be won or lost? I think it'd be won or lost in the transition. Um, I really do, um, for both teams. But also, I think we do carry a threat in terms of set pieces. Uh, we did last season uh, with Sauber Thomas's deliveries. I'm probably gonna. I don't, I don't know. I think I think he's going to be quite tight. But I think there's going to be goals in it. I think especially if there's an early goal, that the game's going to completely open up in the game. It has potential to be quite a quite a cautious, nervy affair. But I think there's going to be goals in it uh, from quite early on. Yeah, I don't think we do cautious this season. It seems to be. I don't know if you did watch the Norwich game or heard about how we finished or where, what we did. We brought on basically six strikers and three defenders and went kind of a 3-1-6 kind of thing. So yeah, we, we kind of just went hell for leather to get that. But no, thanks for joining, Dom. Uh, it's been it's been great having you on. It's been great chatting. I know that you don't produce any content yourself, but I know your brother does a few things. So is there anything that you think our listeners would like content-wise? Yeah, no, absolutely. As you say, I don't produce anything. Um, but my brother um does have a blog which is called fmtahiti.com um basically if you love stats and spreadsheets and football manager then it will be ideal uh for you i'd imagine yeah uh, i can tell you now that a good proportion of our listeners and contributors um do love all of those things but yeah so thank you dom and look forward to playing against huddersfield on saturday and I wish Huddersfield okay for the season. <laughs> as, as I'll just yeah stay up. Let, let's have that because I I don't like seeing you sad. Let's let's put it that way. So, um, but you might win games next year then. But no, it's it's been great having you on. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, cheers. Great. Thanks for having me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, 
Great. I enjoyed that. Thanks again to Sean Deitch for his best Yorkshire accent impression there. Sorry, um, I mean, thanks to Dom for joining us. Uh, what did you make to that, Hostie? Yeah, it was a, it was a really good chat with, um, with Dom. Yeah, he covered pretty much all of it. And yeah, we'll get into kind of a bit more of what he said, I guess. I, I think kind of... I worry for low blocks every time with with us at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I have to say I'm a bit disappointed in you, mate, because you were fraternising with the enemy there. Having friends with Huddersfield fans... Uh, I've, I've had to fraternise with him since I was 11 years old. You can't so. have Huddersfield Town fan friends. That's disgusting. But yeah, jokes aside... That's what, that's what happens when you go to school in Huddersfield, shouldn't be admitting that on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, jokes aside, top work again. And, and like I think the quality and standard of those guests we've had on so far has been just like top draw, really. So another really good one. Um, but yes, we shall dive into discussing Huddersfield. Um, the only thing to note, as mentioned in the discussion between those two, is that there have been games recently uh, since then. Um, so if anything changed in terms of results and form, and, and that is that Huddersfield actually lost their last game at home 4-0 to Cardiff since that interview. But at the same time, we also lost 1-0 to Stoke away. And the less said about that, the better, I think, don't you? Yeah, we can't do it on a rainy night in Stoke on a Tuesday. That's That was so mixed up. It was, a, it was up. a Wednesday. That is so <laughs> mixed up. <laughs> but yeah, I know. It's clearly true, even though it was a Wednesday. Um but yeah, we'll dive, we'll dive straight in. Uh, he's already discussed the predicted lineup. They line up in a 3-5-2. But within that, are there any players, good or bad, that you are particularly worried about, Hosty? Um, so I watched the game in brief on Tuesday. Just had it on kind of uh, in the background as well. And I kind of watched out for uh, Bergzog and um, Radoni. Uh, Bergzog kind of, he, he didn't do anything. He came off at halftime for Karoma, who looked a bit more dangerous in the second half. I think he's kind of like someone who's kind of been their more star player in, in the recent years as well. Um, but Radoni, yeah, he looked like he, he's very comfortable on the ball and looks like someone who could create danger in creating a bit of a pass as well. Um, he wasn't afraid to shoot either. So, yeah, I think in that in that transition, I think Radoni and Karoma could be issues and possibly Bergzog. But like I said, he didn't, he didn't do much in that game. Um, Bad-wise... I mean, they they just looked all at sea with all their three defenders. They tried something different. They didn't start Tom Lees. Like, um, I wonder if that was kind of Dom's predicted lineup might actually come to fruition on Saturday because maybe they were saving Tom Lees for Saturday. Um, and yeah, he he came on at half time and nothing really changed. Like it was they they just looked really weak at the back. Um, in that game, then anyone do you do you know anyone of Huddersfield that stands out for you? They did. Um, they they have a few players. I I would also agree about Josh Caroma. Um, apart from there was a time when he was sort of phased out of the team for a bit. I can't remember which manager did it. And he had to go out on loan into League One. But in all honesty, he's not a League One player. Uh, he's a little bit inconsistent, but if utilised correctly, not as a left wing back. I think he's actually quite a promising footballer. He's got he's a good technical player. So definitely him. Uh, Rudoni has mentioned. Yeah, probably their best player. Um, not really much needs to be said on that. But yeah, they, they started Nakayama at centre-back and I didn't actually get to catch the uh, Cardiff game. Um, but yeah, like you said, it doesn't seem like it changed much. Um, I think he has a little bit more speed and that's perhaps why they've done that because I think, like he, Don mentioned, they have struggled at right and left centre-back on the outsides of that back three um, in terms of their sort of transitional defending or their recovery pace, whatever. Maybe he's got a little bit more. Um, but yeah, um, 
I think the one player that I find the most interesting in their team is probably Sorba Thomas because he is one of their best attacking threats in terms of his crossing ability. He's really, really good. He's a Welsh international. Um, he's played a decent amount for them by now as well. Uh, but yeah, it's just, just a really nice player when he gets towards the final third. Decent ball striker. Um, but he also is definitely a winger, not a wing back or a fullback. So I think there's definitely a route to goal for us down his channel and we've got quite a lot of good left wingers so that's pretty good I would say um but yeah their, their squad is like kind of patchy they've got some they've got some good players here and there but it's not not really like it doesn't have loads and loads of quality let's put it that way compared to some of the other teams down the bottom I think have a little bit more I would look at a team like I don't know randomly just one out the air Plymouth have quite a few good differential players I don't think Huddersfield have very many they've got a couple that I like but not not loads and loads yeah I think they're quite weak um, defensively yeah which probably explains why they've been playing five at the back and they've been trying to stodge things up and largely not too aggressive and, and try to keep things pretty solid pretty sturdy um, with that in mind will there be any tactical or structural changes in possession for us would you say um, no I think we're probably going to try and keep hold of the ball again um, and then it's just whether we, <clears throat> whether we can do something to break down a low block because um, obviously we've We've struggled with that this season. Um, and yeah, I think we're, in a way, it's probably going to work more into our hands if we let them kind of break and hopefully our rest defence is on hand to sort that out after we've had a bit of high possession. Um, and then we can break that way. Because I think, you know, we look at the goals against um, Norwich, uh, especially that last goal. Um, that was like that perfect, that's kind of like that perfect example of how good we can be with the right players in transition. Yeah, I think I completely agree with that. We are camped in their half or their third even and we tried to like counter press quickly and, and like have a really structured high press, which we haven't done much this season, but we have done in some games. Then I don't actually think that maybe suits us because I think that plays more into their hands, like you say. If we let them break and then we break back on them, yeah. And we have, we have good rest defence players. We've got a good home record so far this season. But the problem is that the home record is that we we have struggled at times to break teams down. So the 0-0 against Chef Wednesday, we did create some chances, but wasn't perfect. The 1-0 against QPR, again, similar thing. So there's been games where we've we've not done great, even though we are unbeaten, like I say. Um, but yeah, um, I think that there will be personnel changes more than an approach change because I don't think Farkas... We've said this so many times on these previews. He's he's kind of wedded to his style of play. Maybe there are some small tweaks that he could do, but like in general, it's going to be more maybe some different players on the pitch that we'll see. Um, and yeah, um, I think that they are pretty decent at stodging things up, apart from that that recent defeat to Cardiff. So could be again that a more pragmatic approach from the opposition is just really hard to break down. It's it's also possible that that game on Tuesday for them was pure game state they conceded in the first two minutes where it looked like they hadn't really woken up um, and they kind of like like Cardiff walked through them basically um, for the first goal and then that obviously changes the game where they have to kind of chase a little and then they were 2-0 down, well, down within 11 minutes. Um, and the game so is nearly yeah, done I by then. If that, really. that's a, yeah, yeah. So is, was that also part of why it was 4-0? And Possibly, yeah. And they were 3-0 down at half time as well in the end. So it was it was pretty much game over. And I've said so many times on this podcast, but it'd be nice for us to score early first and just like go away and breeze through a team. I thought we'd do that against QPR when we went 1-0 up early on, but I really want to see us do it at some point because like even in the Watford game, which was probably our best performance of the season, that was we took a bit of time and then we scored and then the floodgates opened. But I'd like them to open uh, much earlier. Earlier than like the second half or whatever, um, but 
But it does sound like from what Don was saying that they're, they're a team that have started badly in games. So hopefully we start well, but I don't think we've always started well ourselves. We tend yeah, to grow into we've, games. We've started quite badly most of the, most of the season. Yeah, definitely. As well. yeah. um, what about the, the same sort of the tactical and structural changes out of possession? Do you think there'll be any for us? Or do you think we should do any? Um, I don't think I don't think there's going to be much opportunity to do much. Maybe if we try and let Hud, like I know this is weird, but if we let Huddersfield have the ball, then that would that would help because they don't know what to do if they've got the ball. They do kind of just try and find it out to the fullbacks from the game on Tuesday. They were just like playing it out to the wide centre back who was playing it down the line for the wing backs. Um, so how how would we resist that? Well, you kind of like just get your player in behind the wing back, don't you? And don't let them be able to make a run on you. But we know that. We play with our high fullbacks, although recently I think we've kind of they've played a bit more settled each of them out of possession. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure there's going to be much changes or what those changes would be if there was. Um, I didn't like I said I didn't see us against Stoke either, so I'm I'm not entirely sure if there were changes from Saturday against Norwich to Wednesday. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> not you've got not, to do that soon. Yeah, I do. That's why I don't want to do it now. Um, I'm glad I'm a host, and let's put it that way. So that Dan and Dan and Martin will uh, do all the talking. To be honest, um, but yeah, um, in general, I think our high press needs a lot of work. Um, I will, I would say that. I think that's been a problem. Uh, I think that's why I kind of think that we should drop into a mid block. Yeah, um, I think from mid block we've looked quite good. So I think kind of it depends on way. Like like you said, high press hasn't been that good. Um, I obviously thought that maybe at one point. It was we were trying to funnel the ball into the middle for our ball winners, um, but that seems to have not even been working recently. Uh, it doesn't really. Yeah. When Piro's one of the middle players, and he's just such a weak presser, and that issue is like still hampering us. I think. Yeah. So, like I said, I think we should, but whether we will drop into that mid block, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Basically, I think our high press needs work, but I don't necessarily think it may be the best strategy in this game in particular because I think actually creating artificial transitions sort of slightly deeper in a mid block probably a bit better for us if we can get a ball over the top of their wing backs or down the sides we've got the wingers to then get one-on-one isolated with one of their wide center backs most of them are slow that is definitely our best plan of action i think so i don't think we should necessarily be trying to like enact a high press unless there's a particular moment where we think we can trigger a, a really good press and and they they won't be able to play out of it but it's just not it's not happened consistently for us this season i think i've been really impressed with it in some games and then like stoke was really poor norwich was really really poor um so yeah <laughs> i think yeah that that's not maybe the best plan of action for us in this game um shall we talk about some players uh kind of takes me on nicely to this uh, that might have a big impact on the outcome of this game from our perspective so elite players dom's already touched on a few but are there any that you wanted to mention yeah i think we all know that somerville will probably start on saturday because that's why he should that's do. why he didn't start on tuesday and wednesday oh, i'll get my days right at some point um <laughs> i'm still on toronto time let's put let's say that um and yeah uh i think somerville has proven to be one of our in a way, a surprise package. I don't think I expect. I knew that he was going to be a good player for us this year, but I don't think I expected him to be so clutch in a, in a way as he has been. Um, yeah, I think so. Playing well wise, yeah. If if again, if Ruter and um, uh, Ruter, Perot and Somerville, I know that they're obvious, but um, what Dom was saying regarding them seeding space outside of their area, I think, is a perfect kind of position for us to be able to try and find Perot. And for him, we're going to finally get one of them screamers where he just yeah. rips it into the net. Like, I mean, we kind of had one against. Was that one against Watford? 
The one which went into the bottom Bristol corner? City. Was that Bristol City? Yeah, so... The, the one from outside the yeah, box, yeah. Yeah, so we've kind of had yeah, half yeah. of one, because that kind of like dribbled into that corner, <laughs> didn't it? But it was like a, a yeah. smart shot. Um, so yeah, I wonder if that's kind of where we can find some spaces that they seed space outside the area, if that's where our chances are going to come. Um, I think we've got the players. I, I don't know how Anthony played. He, he, did he start Yes, uh, Wednesday night? Yeah, yeah. He, he really struggled, to be honest. Right. He was probably one of the two or three weakest players. But, Maybe it's just... I, I'm, I'm not worried too much about that because I do think it might just be him growing into yeah. it. And like He's only started one of the game, I think. So, like, yeah, it, just and then, give him some time. Bad-wise, I don't want to pick him out and I don't think he will start anyway. But um, I think looking at like Bergzorg stats, so Bergzorg has um, 1.76 take on successful take ons per ninety and he plays on the left. Um so he's in the ninety sixth percentile according to FB ref. And so if he comes if, if we go with Luke Ayling, we're um we I think we're playing with fire there. Um on that on that one. As much as I, I obviously I love him, but yeah, he's I don't think defensively right now he's there for us. Um so yeah, that could have a big impact on the game if that's the matchup that the game starts with. I think all of our current right back options we've got available might struggle in that regard a little bit just in different different ways I guess but I get what you're saying ailing with regards to athleticism and mobility it's just not the same player anymore is he no um I I would largely echo players you mentioned I think the two most confident star boys in our team right now Somerville and Ruta hopefully they play well if it's a low block and you need players to come out with moments of magic clutch moments like you mentioned then that's two the guys Ruta was amazing again on Wednesday night apart from a couple of slightly flimsy shots um, that, that he, pass into Bamford for the penalty yeah so incredible. good the some of his control, touches yeah. and like everything he's doing like in terms of taking the ball on the turn or like bouncing a player off him and then turn out of it he's so so good at it at the moment and uh it just looks like he's playing with so much confidence and it doesn't matter that he's missing chances and he looks happy. So i think he's definitely gonna have a big impact he does he always looks happy yeah. um, i don't think he ever looked happy most, last year well did it many players yeah there is that yeah <laughs> um the other player like you touched on with um transitional defending and and our rest defense Ampadu again, such a key player if, if that's the way that's going to be. Strauch as well, and he had a pretty good game on Wednesday, despite the own goal. Wasn't his fault. Yeah, no, if you've no, seen I it, have it, seen it. It's not, not, his not all his fault. So, um, yeah, players like that are going to be really, really key. Um, I think the fullback area maybe worries me a little bit because they've got, like you mentioned, Bergsorg, but also their wing backs. If they play, you know, Solber Thomas, he's a pretty good threat, but Byram's played well at left back, so if he's on that side, you know, I just, I would want a. I want a couple of wing- we're going to come on to talk about the lineup maybe, but um, want a couple of wingers that can do a bit more out of possession and, and do a bit more the other way um, in this game. I think I think it's probably important, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Dan James Somerville probably will be the was, two I was that I would about go with. To say, is this going to be the first All Stats that we call him for Dan James? The first like, yeah, yeah. I think it, I, it probably is to be honest, and I do think it's probably the right decision based on the other night and also based on the way that Huddersfield can attack in transition. I think Dan James's recovery speed will probably be quite useful at times and I think Somerville pretty decent out of possession as well so I would definitely say those two would be the the go-to men and probably could be key in this game in terms of both both attacking and defending I think they're going to be important they're going to be pretty vital so yeah um, I will move on to that takes me on nicely to the predicted lineup Um, I've already said I would have James in but do you want to have a stab at what you think the lineup might be this is more what you think rather than what you want let's put it that way Um, Melier will start in goal and then I think he's still going to play Gray, um, even though he probably needs a rest. Um, yeah, Gray, Rodon, Strauch, and Byram. 
and then my assumption is he's going to go back to Ampadu and Kamara um, with then Somerville, Perot, James and Rute is what I predict will probably be. Um, yeah. Uh, I th- think I completely yeah. agree. I think there's, that seems the most obvious. Um, Groove struggled. Um, Anthony struggled, so I don't see how they start. I think there is maybe that small chance about Ailing, but that's probably the only one. I do think Somerville and James will come back in. He's not going to change the Perot and Rute thing. Yeah, because Spence yeah, isn't going to be available. Pascal Rodon. Yeah. He's still... Not just yet. We're getting close it, now. Do, do we think um, it's close gets... for maybe Leicester? Like on the bench for Leicester? Leicester or Plymouth, I yeah. think. He's in light training now, isn't he? That's yeah. what they said. So very close. We actually have an injury list of only three players currently, which is, seems mental. I cannot remember the last time we had an injury list that small. And one of them Stuart Dallas, who's literally been out for ages. So it's just Furpo and Spence He's as been well. out since but he was it's, in his, his fullbacks, but. That is nuts, I think, isn't it? <laughs> I think he has. I could be wrong. It's, I feel like it's he was. April 2021, and I think his birthday is in April, so it'll yeah. have been around that time. <laughs> and then, yeah, the other one's obviously Furpo, who has also been on and off injured for his whole time here. And then Absolutely. And, so they're all, and they're all fullbacks. Huge... Yeah, they are. They are. Um, the only one I think that definitely gets in right now is Spence. Um, the, the other two wouldn't necessarily. Furpo might. Displaced Byram is a small chance of it, but I don't think it's likely. I think it's probably going to be Byram if he's fit for most of the season. And then you've got Dallas, who's probably going to struggle to play like super consistently, partly because of his injury and partly because of the players he's got ahead of him now. Yeah. Uh, he's got to work past a lot of them. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that the lineup pretty much writes itself. But then I, I kind of thought on Wednesday and then Farker did something different. So who the, who the hell knows? Uh, he might throw another curveball out there. Maybe we'll see Groove at left back. I don't I don't know. We'll see. I do, I do think it was part, um, partly in due to... Um, kind of obviously going into a bit of a review here, but he built Kamara into the squad by giving him sub-minutes and he hasn't done that with Groove. And so I just wonder if like that's maybe what, yeah, he, should had very, done, very little. what he should have done on Wednesday. Yeah. But yeah. I'd probably agree. And give him like 30 minutes rather than he's had like five or 10 minutes. Most times he's come on and then given him like a full, I think it was like 80 minutes he got in the end. Yeah. It was quite a lot. Um, yeah, we'll we'll move on. Um, it's a 12.30 kickoff this, isn't it? Yes, um, yes it is. And it's not not on Sky. What an absolute travesty. West Yorkshire Police. Um, but, yeah, obviously it is a policing thing, isn't yeah. it? It totally is. But, yeah, if we are able to watch it, totally legally, of course, of course, I then what do you expect anyway, watching so... this game of football will look like? Oh, are you? Yeah. Uh, so you're not going to be able to watch it? No. Well, I'm watching it. I'm at a wedding the weekend after, so I'm not watching... Well, I might be able to watch a bit of Leicester, but, yeah. What do you expect it to look... Watching this to look like if you do do a rewatch? Um... I expect to see us have a lot of possession and Huddersfield try and create some chances on the break and then maybe we create our best chances um, defending that in a sense. So not quite basketball-like. I don't think it's going to be as end-to-end as like transition, transition, transition. Um, I think it's kind of going to be a bit slow, a bit kind of... Uh, what was the word that, that Dom used? Um, did he use cautious? Uh, yeah, I think it could seem quite cautious until something breaks out and then it might be a mad five minutes and then go back to being quite cautious. So it's going to be kind of stop and start, uh, but maybe not with fouls, just kind of stop and start with this or slow down and speed up sort of thing is kind of what I'm expecting, if that makes sense. Mm, it does, it does. Um, I think I I'd maybe agree unless we score early, but then I've said this before, like I said, and then it hasn't happened. But I think if we score in that first 15 minutes, the crowd gets up and then we might just... Might just go on and get like two, three, four. Um, yeah, and I think so. That's that's my hope. I think the issue is with Huddersfield is that when they concede early, they try to go for the equaliser, but then they 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 can't like they like he said under Warnock, they were trying to go forward and got 
caught on the transition so much, um, which is, he said that more had obviously solidified them in that sense. Um, and yeah, that that's what I mean by like game state plays big into how well Huddersfield play. I think if they can keep it level for as long as they can or until they obviously keep it level until you score the first goal, makes perfect sense of you for that reason. But um, as soon as they concede first, I think they struggle to defend while trying to get an equaliser. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you on that as well. One thing I won't miss is um, Warnock and set pieces, which obviously they might not be. I don't know if they have he, actually regressed. He said, he since said that he's they've left. done quite okay still with set pieces, mainly due to Sorbonne's well, delivery. Yeah, he is good at them. Uh, I am a bit worried about that. So where where this game um, could be won or lost, which takes me on yeah. nicely to the next point, where will the game won't be won or lost. Um, that is one area I'm still a little bit concerned about but I was probably less concerned when I, I knew it was more over Warnock um, but yeah like like we've said transitional moments um, for them and if we can create any artificial transitions of our own or just make sustained pressure at any time count which is yeah. possible we still have players that can can unlock doors and can do this it's just we have struggled with it this season at, at, in games at Ellen Road sometimes but if we can do that nick a goal then it could really open up and that, that's what I'd hope otherwise it could be really stodgy like you mentioned it could be nil-nil for quite some time and then and teams the lo- both the long- get desperate the longer it's the nil-nil the more I put on Huddersfield to beat us um, to nick it yeah uh, with, with, with like said a corner sort of thing um, in, a sim- a in a similar way exactly, exactly the way we're throwing exactly bodies forward Stoke scored sort of thing um, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with exactly I'd, I'd, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried I'm I'm worried if if we start throwing people forward and yeah, then they start you know just releasing the ball quickly and, and trying to break with some of their faster attackers. Yeah, I think that's what Redoni does. I think kicks. that's what Redoni yeah. does quite well. He's released the ball quickly. Um, he's he's nice. Yeah. He's, he's a nice midfielder. And I, I had a look. I looked him up a bit more stats wise, and like Don was obviously saying that he's had a bit of a breakout year, and yeah, this year compared to last year is already miles above what he did for the whole season. Um, yeah, he, he looks really he looked really nice, yeah. I think they were pretty impressed with him last season in, in large parts, though, even if he didn't maybe contribute as many many goals and yeah. assists and clutch moments. But yeah, he's he's a decent player. Still quite young as well. Um yes. Uh, I think that's it. Is there anything else you want to add to the one or lost? Or is that about No, it? I think I think you covered everything. Yeah. Lovely. Well, uh, it's just me and you today, but if I didn't say this, then Tom Alderson would probably kill me. So uh, it's important for me to talk about the Patreon. Um, over the last few weeks uh, and months now, we've been doing this stuff for the most of the season, we've put out some bonus podcasts on our Patreon. Uh, for those that don't know, Patreon is a platform where people can pay money to support creators that they enjoy and receive bonus content in return. We put out Patreon-only podcasts and analysis articles, and our patrons also get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus early access to our preview pods, such as this one, for some of you. Right now, you can also listen to some of our other recent podcasts, such as the Squad Audit and recent State of the Squad pod that we did, and also some of the Under-21s pods. I think there's another one coming soon as well, I believe. Um, Martin and Dan are going to do the second one of that, but you can listen to the first one now if you wanted to go and check that out. Um, Yeah, it really helps us out when you support us, and it means we can do more content like those. So if you are interested and want to access this content, you can sign up at Hosty. Can you take that away? Uh, patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. Just wanted to check you're on your toes. Always it's on important toes. to be on your toes. Always good. Aware. good. Um, <laughs> well, we'll be back next week with a review of this game, the Huddersfield game, as well as preview- previewing what looks like a tasty affair with Leicester as well. Um, and all that's left for me to say is thanks to Hosty. Thank you very much. And thanks very much to all that listened in. Let's hope we get back on track with a win to keep the unbeaten start going at Allen Road. Enjoy the game and enjoy your weekend. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.